This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Do you want to set your child up for success? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Well, I know with Eleanor, when she was struggling so much with math, if she had been able to do online learning at home, she would have been much better able to keep up with the class, and that would have just made the whole situation much easier for her. Don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And half your listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com happier. Visit IXL.com happier to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello, we're here for More Happier, a podcast where we get more happier. Hey, Elizabeth. Hi, Grudge. Today, we'll talk about some happiness bullying and some good advice I got about how to maintain my composure. But first, something making us more happier. Elizabeth, what's making you more happier? Well, Gretch, what has been making me more happier is that while Jack was at camp, I had some really nice time with just Adam and me. Mm, yeah. I feel like we always dread him going away. No. We're going to miss him. We worry about it. But this year, so he went to camp for two weeks, and Adam and I just really had a good time together. We went to restaurants that we know Jack doesn't like. Adam loves oysters. Mm. And there's a restaurant that has oysters, but it's quite expensive. But I happened to see that they had a happy hour Mm. where oysters were much, much cheaper. So we went and had oysters at 4.30 on a Friday. Ah. And just did things that we wouldn't do if Jack were home. Right. So we sat outside at night and talked, and it was just really lovely. Well, it's interesting. You know, every member of a household changes it with their presence, you realize. Elizabeth, do you remember growing up, because Dad didn't like Mexican food. Interesting, now he does like Mexican food, but then he didn't. And so whenever he was out of town for work, it was always like, oh, now we get to go to Annie's. That was the restaurant. Yes, Annie's Santa Fe. Annie's Santa Fe. It wasn't that we were happy he was gone, but it was just a way to mark the fact that our household was different when he was away. Yeah. And so it's nice to do things you wouldn't otherwise do. Yes. And of course, we were even 
even more happier when yes. he came home. Yes. <laughs> yes. But it was nice. I feel like other years, we just haven't sort of leaned into it as much. Yeah. That made me happier. What made you happier? Uh, well, so, you know, I've been fussing around with this aphorisms project. I yes. love writing aphorisms. I collect aphorisms. It ballooned into this whole thing where I'm just sort of gathering all sorts of stuff. I have a whole section called Agree, Disagree. I have Paradoxes and Cohen's. I have Secrets of Adulthood. So I have a huge amount of fun gathering up all this stuff because, Elizabeth, you know, there's nothing more I love than running off and taking a note, writing down something that I think of or that I read. But it's sort of grown into this big shapeless thing. I'm like, what is this thing? So what's making me happier is I finally sat down and was like, let me figure out what I have. I need to cut through the weeds, machete my, or maybe more accurate Mm -hmm. to say machete myself through the jungle and figure out, is there anything here that could turn into anything that anyone else would be interested in? I think that is the big Mm. question. And I was just overwhelmed by even knowing how to think about it, but I finally figured out how to approach it. And now I feel like, okay, I'm moving forward. I'm coming up with a way to think about it. And I got out my giant collection of books that are aphorisms related or aphorism adjacent. And I sorted them into categories. And so I feel like now I'm getting a handle on it. Wrapping your arms around Yeah, I don't know what it's going to be, but I feel like I now have started to grapple with it rather okay. than just writing down a proverb of the professions about playing poker with glee whenever I hear it, which is what I've <laughs> just been doing in the background for years now. So that's making me happier. I'm I'm enjoying that. I yeah. have a question. What exactly is a Cohen? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Okay, so a Cohen. And how do you spell it? K-O-A-N. Oh. Cohen. So a Cohen is a question, story, or statement that cannot be understood logically. So Zen Buddhist Mm. monks meditate on koans as a way to abandon their dependence on reason Ah. in pursuit of enlightenment. Probably the most famous koan, at least in the West, is two hands clap and there is a sound. What is the sound of one hand? Or like my favorite is, what did your face look like before your parents were born? Mm. So that's a Cohen. Yeah, I've heard you say that many times and I realized I didn't actually know what it was. So I use Cohen's to stand for statements that to me seem meaningful, but they can't really be understood logically where you can't really, you're like, what does that mean? Here, I just looked up one of my favorite quotations. So here you go. Okay, so Frank Stella, who was this painter and printmaker, he said, I knew a wise guy who used to make fun of my painting, but he didn't like the abstract expressionists either. He said they would be good painters if they could only keep the paint as good as it is in the can. And that's what I tried to do. I tried to keep the paint as good as it was in the can. Hmm. What did Frank Stella mean by that? I just ponder that. I can't really yeah. I can't really reason it out. It just evokes thoughts. So I got a million of those too. I love them. Yes. And paradoxes and oh my goodness. So yeah. So you're having fun with that. Well, it's a good thing to work on during the summer, I think. Yeah, well, and I've given myself the summer to fuss with it and hack my way through it. And then I'm like, okay, come the fall, day after Labor Day, I need to figure out what am I What's doing? What's next? What's next? Yeah. yeah. Coming up, Gretchen has something she's been meaning to ask me about her happiness bullying. But first, this break.
The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, listen, I've been meaning to ask you, okay, as you know, as I'm sure you were became aware of when I started listening to Happier in Hollywood, episode 321, because I got to the part where you and Sarah were talking about writing your novel, working on your novel that you're working on during the strike, and I just started firing off text messages. And it was that kind of thing where looking back, I had five messages all in a row, none of which mm-hmm. you responded to. <laughs> Well, yeah, it was, we were talking about, I think, how we have that summer vacation feeling. Yes, that's, yeah, so that we was, weren't getting yes. as much done as we right. wanted to be getting done right. because we just felt like we we're on summer vacation. Yeah. Yes. So you were, as you want to do, yes. you had all sorts of suggestions yes, for did. how <laughs> we could be more productive. Yeah. Well, because you're both obligers. Yes. And so I was like, where is the external accountability? Okay. And so just to review and see if any of these work. So one thing, as I said, that I thought that one of the issues with the strike from an obliger perspective, really just from an everybody on strike perspective, I'm sure, but in terms of this project, is that there's no known deadline. Everything's harder when you don't, when you don't know when it's going to end. When you're in a tough thing, it's like, if you don't know how long it's going to last, I think that makes it harder because it's just more uncertainty. And so I think part of the issue for you guys is if you knew that you had to be done by X date, you would pace yourself accordingly, but you don't have that pacing mechanism. Right. So I was saying maybe you should just pick a date, like September 15th. You could send me or you could send someone, maybe someone who's more outer than I am. I don't know, somebody in your, uh, I don't know, former assistant or whoever it would be by a certain date, a certain percentage, so that you would feel like you had to pace toward a deadline. Do you think Do you think that would help? I mean, it's an interesting idea. I feel like it might just instill too much panic, and panic can keep me from writing. Yeah, I feel like it yeah, may have that's the that opposite fine line. effect. That's the fine line. I think probably better would be as if we, between us, had like, okay, Monday. Yes, okay. We have to have the next sure. X amount of scenes. Like, okay. I think we need maybe smaller deadlines. But I do think we need those because we'll split up a bunch of scenes, start writing, and then it gets a little amorphous about when we're going to be done with those scenes. Okay, well, this is good because it is true that for some obligers, it's easier to have more shorter deadlines. And so that's a great thing is like, it's not like finish this when you finish this. It's you'll be done with your part by X date and I'll be done with my part. And then you're each other's accountability partners. And you know that if one person's slacking off and then the other person decides they can slack off, 
then nothing gets done and you let your each other down. So it's that yes. kind of thing. Nothing gets each of us writing faster than when we know the other is ahead. Yes, right, right. Because then we're like, oh my gosh, I need to write this afternoon. Right. I need to catch up. So maybe that's a good thing to do. And then also, yeah. so one thing I'm a huge fan of is working in like a coffee shop. I work in a little library that's right near my apartment. I don't think you have something like that, but or working in a coffee shop. Because I think the thing is, it's like you're there for 90 minutes, two and a half hours, however long you're going to stay, and you're just stuck there. So just out of sheer lack of anything else to do, if you don't let yourself like look at your phone or go on the internet, just out of sheer boredom to pass the time, you end up working. So it's a good way to focus. But you don't really do that. You might try that. Yeah. You know what, Gretch? I've never done that before in my whole life. But Sarah also started going out to lunch to work. She's been talking and about you this. you suggested yes. the going to the coffee shop. So I actually have done it now three mm. times. Oh, yeah. And it does work. When I go oh. there, I work. Now, I haven't been able to make myself go every day. I mm -hmm. think because I know when I go there, it's going to be a grind. And yeah. then I don't want to go. But I do think maybe doing that, say, twice a week, or three times a week helps me get my work done in a shorter amount of time. Because when I'm home working, I sort of open my document and I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, yes. I'm out. Yeah. Whereas when I go to a coffee shop, it is much more concentrated. So I do think it's a really good thing to do, but I don't want to turn it into something I absolutely dread. So it's kind of that fine line. Well, okay, here's a question. Maybe you're going for too long. Now, I know no. you've got to drive there and drive back, so right. you don't want to go for half an hour because you'd spend... Do you think it's more efficient for you to do it more often for less time or less often with more time? I think that... I'm not saying when I'm not at the coffee shop, I'm not also working. Yeah, I just sure. mean yeah. I don't want it to be that I only work at the coffee shop. Gotcha, gotcha, I want gotcha. to some days work at the coffee yes. shop and some days work at home. So it's really the same amount of work just uh, sometimes efficiently right. at a coffee shop and sometimes less efficiently at home. And maybe that's good because then you have more variety and yeah. so you get the pros and cons of each. And so you don't yeah, build up that dread. And one thing I also want to do is start having Adam go with me, which he says oh. he wants to do, oh. because I think also both of us going, that can be helpful. Too. That can be very companionable. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. But you guys are well underway now. Yes. We probably have 90 pages at this point. Wow. So amazing. it's a chunk. It's in. Now, the problem is I find the writing harder as we go along. Oh, interesting. Just because oh. there's things that I don't, I need to do research about. But it also feels good to be farther into the plot and the characters. Well, beginnings are hard. Yes. But also endings are hard. Yes. And middles. The middles, middles, are all, middles are also hard. Yes. Okay. The whole thing is hard. So anyway, I'm working on it. It's happening. It's happening. That's the huge thing. Ta-da. Gold stars. Yes. It's happening. You guys said you were going to do it. You're going to do it. Ta-da, ta-da. I think this is interesting. I think a lot of our listeners want to write. It's interesting. Like, like People have all different kinds of things, but it's, a, it's something that a lot of people are working on. Which is which yes, is, and it's a skill that's very valuable. Whatever you do in life, it's it always is. good to uh, be able to write well and efficiently. Yes. Okay, Gretch. What is this week's spotlight on a tool? Okay. Well, next week in our very special episode, we are going to be talking about regret. And oh my goodness, we heard from so many listeners about regret—a fascinating subject to think about. 
Talking about regret reminds me of drift. Drift is the decision we make by not deciding. And so if you want to know whether you're drifting in some aspect of your life, I have a free PDF worksheet. And if you go to happiercast.com slash drift, you can check that out. If you listen to my commencement address, I talk about drift as one of the five essential paradoxes for happiness. I talk about drift, that not choosing is a choice. And if you want to go deeper into that, check out the PDF. Great. Okay, Gretch, coming up, you've been meaning to tell me what you learned doing your commencement address from listeners and from me. But first, this break. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Yeah, Jack has green light. And one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hut chore? Mm-hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. Okay, Gretch. So as we have mentioned, you did the commencement address at your daughter Eleanor's high school graduation. Adam and Jack and I were all there. It was amazing. It was so good. Listeners can hear it in the feed. Yes, You did it. It's a great speech. But you were very worried, of course, about doing it. Yeah. So you got some great advice about both sort of the speech itself and the delivery. Yes. Well, the advice that I got, both our parents and my in-laws gave the same advice, which is whatever time they give you, go short. (laughs) And so I was like, 
hit that mark short, which I did do. I did not speak the entire length of the time that they, they gave me. But it's, so the thing is, I wasn't nervous about giving the talk, but I was nervous that I would choke up during the talk. Mm-hmm. I knew there was a part at the end where I just always got very, very emotional. And it was interesting because I was thinking, okay, okay how do I manage my emotions? So I asked on social media, and many people said, hey, that's okay to choke up. You should let your emotions flow. And you should let people see that you're getting choked up. That will be powerful. And I have to say this. I think for some people, that would be the right choice. But for me, in this circumstance, that was not the right choice for me. I had this fascinating moment of, you know how sometimes somebody says something, and you're kind of like, oh, now I understand what I think. You know, you don't know before. Okay, so after Queen Elizabeth II died, I was watching TV, and it was an interview with some of the people who had performed at one of the funeral or memorial events. It was somebody who was singing. And somebody said, well, one of the big concerns with something like that is that you worry that when you're singing, you're going to become overcome with emotion, and you're going to get choked up. And somebody, one of the other people said, well, maybe that's okay, because people will see that you're choked up, and that will be moving for them. And this person said, no, as a performer, I want to convey to people the emotion. I want to bring them that emotion that they will experience themselves, but I do not want to distract them with the evidence of my emotion and my choking up. And I was like, Mm. okay, that wouldn't necessarily be the right decision for everybody. That's the decision for me. I do not want to choke up. So the question is, I don't want to choke up. But every time I get to the ending, and if you listen to it, you wouldn't think, oh, this is such a thing that somebody would not be able to get through. But you know how it is when it's your child and it's your school and it's the words of the school song that I've heard a million bazillion times. And anyway, it was very emotional. So here are the ideas that people sent me. One is, and I did all of them. I did all of them. And it worked if you listen to me. See if you can hear me. I think I got the slightest bit choked up. Okay. Dig your nail into your thumb as you make an okay sign. I did that. Okay. Practice many, many times. And this is important. Practice in front of other people because that changes your emotions when you're in front of other people. That was a very useful tip. Practice it many times. That kind of takes some of the emotion out of it, but then also do it in front of people. Do it many, many times. One is pause, take a deep breath and gain your composure like as you're going into Mm -hmm. that section. Yes. Really plan like when are you going to pause? When are you going to breathe? What words are you going to emphasize? When are you going to look up? Everything around that thing so that you know exactly what you're going to do so you can focus on your staying calm. Alyssa, you gave me great advice. You said to me, visualize something specific that has no emotion. So what do you visualize? Yes, I have a pair of very distinct black and white shoes. Yeah. And those are what I picture when I am going... Just randomly? Just arbitrarily? When I feel like I'm going to cry. So yeah, so if I have something coming up that I know makes me emotional, I don't want to be emotional, I start visualizing those shoes which are, you know, there's no emotion attached to, and that's my trigger not to cry. Interesting. And it works every time. Next time I want to think about your black and white shoes, because I think that would just be funny. Because another thing is to feel your feet on the ground. So what I combine your idea with that, mm. and I had this pair of gold loafers, so I would really think about my shoes and my feet on the ground. And it does, it mm-hmm. just takes the energy and the emotion down. That worked really well. And then also this whole thing where you channel someone who embodies what you want to be. So, Liza, I think sometimes you channel Barbara Walters, right? Isn't she sort of mm, one of yeah. your spiritual teachers? Yeah. So for me, I channeled Joan Didion because mm. if you've read her masterpiece, The Year of Magical Thinking, it's a very moving scene in the book. 
where a social worker, Joan Didion, who's like in deep, deep shock and grief because her husband has just died, she overhears the social worker saying, she's a pretty cool customer. And you realize, oh no, you don't realize it. Joan Didion is not a pretty cool customer inside, but outside, she's a pretty cool customer. And that's what I wanted. Whatever my emotion was inside, I wanted to present as a pretty cool customer. So I would think of myself as Joan Didion as I was coming into that, that last few paragraphs. And I did all these things, and they worked. So I got great suggestions. Yes. And now I have this whole toolkit. Because yes. it's not uncommon, like, if you're giving something where you want to be talking about things that are moving. And if it's moving to you, it's probably moving to other people. But if you want to control it, giving a, a eulogy or something like that, you might just want to know how to, how, just how to manage your emotions. Yes. And having been there, Gretchen, I can tell you it seemed effortless. Oh, you absolutely managed your emotions, but it was still very moving. And I like what you said that it's about allowing other people to have their emotion. It's not that they're experiencing your emotion. It's that you're taking them to their own emotion. And right. I think that does work very well in public speaking. So I'm behind that. You were a big help. You and your black and white shoes. The next time I come to LA, I want, or, or just send me a picture. Now I'm curious. What oh, I will send you a photo. And when you see how distinctive they are, you will understand why thinking of them takes me out of the moment. I literally cannot even imagine what they must look like. Okay, and I've seen your closet. Okay, send them to me. I'll post them in the show notes. Okay. All right, Gretchen, what is our quotation this week? This comes from Thoreau from Walden. In the long run, men hit only what they aim at. Therefore, though they should fail immediately, they had better aim at something high. Mm. So, Elizabeth, are you feeling more happier? Yes, I am feeling more happier, always when I talk to you, Gretch. Oh. Thank you to Chuck. Get in touch and join us on Threads. Gretchen is at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And for everything related to this episode, links, photos, and more, go to HappierCast.com. Bye, Gretch. Bye, Elizabeth. The best time to start a happiness project is 20 years ago. The second best time is now. So, Elizabeth, for Life in Five Senses, it was really interesting for me to realize that when people are focusing, some people like silence. Some people like a busy hum, like a coffee shop. Some people like music with words. Some people like music without words. Some people listen to the same song on a loop for like hours. And some people like white noise, which is something like a fan. Do you like the busy hum of a coffee shop? Do you find that helpful, that noise? You know, I didn't think I liked it, but actually I found it very helpful. And mm. like I realized I just tune out, which I think yeah. is what most people say. Like I realized I was working and then... I realized that there was like a really loud pop music playing, but mm. I didn't even register it until right. I was leaving. So I guess I like din. Yeah. I think for some people, din. that's part of why. I think there's all different things about why people like to work in coffee shops. It might be the other people, might be the coffee, might be the just being out and about. But I think for some people, it's the noise. So pay attention. See yeah. how that, see what you think. From the Onward Project.
If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on Homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.